This is Lady Brackman with the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Today, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world around us. I'm not going to address it specifically because in this podcast, I like to talk about wisdom. And wisdom, I like to think, is timeless. And therefore, I would like this podcast to be about the ideas and not about the time in which it is anchored in. But for those of us who are living through this time, hopefully we will be able to take these ideas, live with them in our life so that they benefit us. I want to talk about the concept of respect, tolerance, forgiveness, and arrogance. You know, I want to go back a number of years and share an experience that I had. There was a time when I was a columnist for a Israeli daily newspaper called the Yudiot Achronot. It's ynetnews.com. It's the English news website for what was at the time the largest Israeli daily newspaper. Because I was a writer and uh, my columns were widely read, uh, sometimes what I had to say was somewhat, at least to some people's opinion, controversial. And sometimes they took umbrage and they didn't like what I had to say. And there was one article which I wrote which certain people really disliked. And there was another website which wrote an article about my article. And they approached some senior person and they asked them what that person thought of the opinion which I had expressed in that article. And this person wasn't very impressed with my opinion and actually spoke with tremendous disrespect with regard to the opinion which I had expressed. This particular news uh, website didn't come to me and ask me to respond. They just basically published a hit piece. There were a lot of comments, and the one particular comment really stuck out and was particularly hurtful to me at the time. And it was an individual who said that they knew me really well, and they had known me for many years and prior in our childhood and i can't remember the details of what the person said but it was something you know which stuck out to be very very nasty without getting into the details but i was able to obtain through inquiries and friends the ip address of this particular individual who had written this comment and it turned out that the person who wrote this comment was someone who I would see on a regular basis, someone who I knew well, and someone who usually treated me with respect and common decency and kindness. But for some reason, that day, he wrote this really deeply nasty comment and very personally nasty about me on this website. And he was hiding behind the anonymity of the internet to make uh, his, you know, to present his opinion about me. And it turned out that I actually spoke to this individual and I, I confronted him about it. And in the end, he apologized. He said that he really didn't know what overcame him and uh, why he had even written that. And he, it wasn't really him and he apologized, etc. That's in the past. But one of the things which really stuck out to me was the fact that behind the anonymity of the internet, people can behave in all kinds of really nasty ways. And... They just let themselves loose to say whatever in the most nasty way. And it, it, it brings out sometimes the worst of us. 
when we can be anonymous on the internet. And you just go onto Twitter and you go onto Facebook and you go and you just look at the comments which people comment and it's just vitriol. It's just nasty. It's people who don't respect each other and people who just think that somehow their opinion is the most important opinion and nothing else matters and everybody else is illegitimate in some way or other. And it, I just find it incredible that this is the world that we live in. And it's, in many ways, a sad commentary on who we are as humans. Because this truly isn't new. This is how humans have been forever. In our own thought processes, in the confines of our own mind, we have all kinds of thoughts. And some of those thoughts, if we're being honest with ourselves, are not that pretty. As a matter of fact, sometimes, despite ourselves, we have thoughts which we would rather not think. We would rather not entertain. We're like, why am I thinking this way? We, why am I having this reaction towards whatever is happening or towards this person? We prefer, even within ourselves, not to have those reactions. But those reactions occur. Most of us have a filter. and We have the ability to take a step back and say, that's not who I want to be. I prefer not to entertain these thoughts. I'm certainly not going to say them out loud. And even if we do say them out loud, it's usually within the confines of very personal, intimate relationships with people who understand that this truly isn't what we really think, but maybe is a thought process that is happening to us at a given time. But what's happened on the internet is that people are taking their thoughts and their stream of consciousness unfiltered and just putting that out there into the world and then it becomes acceptable that which once upon a time people would never say in public because it just wasn't acceptable and they knew themselves it wasn't acceptable is now just being spewed out there onto the internet and it it is creating and has created the norm which allows other people now to also speak in the same way one of the things about stream of consciousness and in some ways this podcast is somewhat the result of my own stream of consciousness where I'm, I know what I'm going to say. I write down ahead of time the topics that I want to talk about and, and the main points that I want to make. But along the way, other ideas come up and I express those on the podcast. Now, a stream of consciousness is not necessarily a bad thing, but we do know that the stream of consciousness is not necessarily always the final result. And also... A lot of us are aware that there's evidence which we want to bring to bear. And just because we have an opinion about something, that doesn't mean that that opinion is a fact. It doesn't mean that this is the truth. But rather, this is something we're expressing at this given point of time based on the evidence or the knowledge, understanding that we have in this, in this particular moment. And sometimes that is of value and it should be taken as, as such. It should be taken as, you know, this is where I stand right now at this given point in time based on the knowledge and the, the facts that seem to be uh, at my disposal. But there are many people who think that because this is their opinion, this is the fact. And I've spoken about in this podcast, you know, in the past, you know, that it's very important that we don't confuse an opinion with fact. And we understand that which, which is a belief and that which is a fact, that something that we have true knowledge about rather than something which we have a belief in. And not to confuse these two concepts, we've discussed that on this podcast.
but many people think that their belief is of paramount importance or their opinion is of paramount importance and it somehow because it's their opinion and it's the opinion of their friends and their community that opinion is somehow much more valid than anyone else's opinion so that comes from a deep lack of respect that people have for each other and i want to talk a little bit about respect because what is true respect respect does not mean that because i respect you therefore i am going to bend my opinions to your opinion respect doesn't mean that i'm going to give up who i am because I respect you so much, therefore I am going to give up my essence, if you like, my ability to be me in order to be palatable to you. That's not respect. If I have to deny something within myself in order to respect you, that's not respect. That's not respect on either side. I'm not respecting myself, and therefore, how can I respect you? And because I am subjugating myself, in a sense, to you, I'm giving up of myself for you, that's not real respect either. That's just a kind of disregard for who I am, and therefore, for the other person's superiority, or perceived superiority, that's kind of a defacement of oneself. That's not the kind of respect anyone should really want. True respect is this concept which says that I can see you who you are. I respect your ability to be truly and totally you. For you to have your opinions, for you to have your desires, for you to have your self-actualization. And even if that self-actualization in some way, and that opinion's and viewpoints and ideas that you have in some way conflict with who I am or where I want to go in life and what I would like the country to be or the society to be or the city to be, the town to be, the neighborhood to be, it doesn't matter. Because I respect your ability to be you, therefore, I am going to allow you to be you and allow you to express yourself as you. But at the same time, respect goes the other way which is that I can be me, fully me, in all the glory of who I am. Expressing myself and my self-actualization as well. And these two things, although they might come into conflict, two people self-actualizing differently, and perhaps even in conflict in some way, can coexist together because each respects each other and they respect each other's ability to exist independently of each other. That is the concept of true respect. That is the idea of having tolerance. But where does it come from? How can we gain that ability to have that kind of respect for each other? It comes from a deep understanding of each other. What do I mean by that, deep understanding of each other? It's the idea that fundamentally we're similar, and at the same time, that which makes us similar is also what makes us tremendously different from each other. So we all have within us fears, desires, and things that drive us. We all want to be respected. We all want to be allowed to live our life. 
We all wanted to be able to have a roof over our head. We none of us want to lose everything. We want to make sure that our families are protected. We want to make sure that our values aren't trodden on. We have deep fears about not being able to live the life we want to live. And therefore, we perceive things which might come into conflict with our ability to live our lives where we want to live as threats. And we don't realize for a moment that our desire to live the way we want to live is the same as somebody else's desire to live the way they want to live. Our desire for security and our desire for stability, our desire for being able to live a life where we're without threats is the same as everyone else's desire. And if, we, and, and if we want people to, to allow us to live the way we want to live, we have to allow them to live the way they want to live. And if we want people to respect and not infringe upon our fears and to offer us security, we have to be able to offer that same security to other people. But instead, we don't recognize that. We think that if it's not, many of us think that if it's not done our way, and if we don't protect ourselves fully, then no one else will take care for us, and therefore we're going to be threatened. And it's therefore it's our way or the highway. We need to, at all costs, make sure that our country is not taken over by the other side. And the other side says the same thing. We have to make sure that our country is not taken over by that other side. And they both feel as strongly about it as each other. And then what happens in the end is they both shout at each other, they don't listen to each other, and they don't realize that the reason why each person is so passionate about where they come from is because they both feel the same. They're both fearful. They're both fearful of the other. If they just realized and they saw within the other person the same fears they have and recognized that what's causing that person to act one way is the same reason that's causing them to act that way, and that they're really the same, and they're expressing it just in different ways, maybe they wouldn't be talking past each other as they do. You know, a, a little anecdote. When I first moved to the United States in 2005, George W. Bush was the president of the United States. Now, I'd come from England, and in England, you know, it's a parliamentary-style democracy. It's really different than it is in the United States. In England, you know, people really just don't respect any politicians. It, people don't take their politics as seriously as they do in the United States. And, uh, you know, I, in England, I voted Tony Blair. He was a kind of left of center uh, um, politician, and he, he was a guy I voted for. And when I came to the United States, I, I saw George W. Bush. He seemed to be a relatively reasonable guy. Um, and, but, I thought that all liberals, all people who were left of center in the United States seemed to me to be crazy. Because anytime anyone mentioned George W. Bush, yeah, the liberals would just start frothing at the mouth and they would get really angry. Oh, this person, George W. Bush, I hate him. He's trying to ruin our country. He's an idiot. He's a this. He's a warmonger. He's a murderer. He's a this. He's a that. And so I thought, you know, in the United States, 
the liberals just they're not very reasonable people but then barack obama became president and as soon as barack obama became president i saw like the, the switch flip all of a sudden if you mentioned barack obama to a right-wing person they would start frothing at the mouth and they would start going crazy and they started they had this obama derangement syndrome before you had on the left you had bush derangement syndrome but then you flipped the switch and the, the, the left wing, the left, the, 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 the right wing hated Obama. You know, Obama would come in, as a friend of mine said, he would say good morning. The right wing would say, why didn't you say good morning? You should have said, you know, happy morning or something. He, there's nothing he could do right. And it was like this kind of thing. In the United States, you see these people on the right and the left, they're really mirror images of each other. And they don't realize that they are. And it's really because of a lack of respect. Lack of respect and tolerance, which comes from a lack of understanding that each side really is fighting for their ability to self-actualize. And if we could respect each other, we could respect each other to be able to live. Each could live their lives and respect that each can live their lives. We don't have to agree exactly how you should live your life. I'm not going to force you to live your life the way, the way I think you should live. And you won't force me to live my life the way you think I should live. But we could both live our lives in the way we both think is right for ourselves. And we can live in happiness, in respect. We don't need to enforce our agenda on the other person. But somehow we feel that if we don't enforce our agenda on the other person, that person is going to force their agenda on us. And that is true, unfortunately. They will try and do that because we fundamentally do not respect each other. And, you know, where this really comes from, it comes from a deep-seated fear, but it also comes from a sense of arrogance. Somehow, if you think that you are in control of the truth, your opinion is somehow the best opinion, if that's what you think, and you truly think that way, you'll try and enforce that upon everybody else. But none of us are in control of the truth. No one can know for sure that their opinion their way of living, their sense of morality is the true sense of morality that everyone should live by. No one can really say that. And anyone who does say it, it's a kind of an arrogance. The truth is morality is something which evolve, evolves. It changes over time. The things which, when I was a kid, was, were considered to be <laughs> terrible and everyone agreed would, be, would have been terrible, today are, are accepted. And things which were once accepted as normal 20, 30 years ago, today are considered to be terrible. Were they terrible back then and okay now? Are the things that are okay now and terrible back then, were they, are they really okay now? It's very difficult for us to truly know that because morality is something which evolves and it's difficult for us to really know for sure whether that, just because today it's become a norm, whether that's truly good or bad. It's very difficult for us to judge because of our proximities to the issues and the influence of the society around us which has views on things, which normalize things, and also certain things may fall out of favor at any given period of time. And as a matter of fact, a lot of historians think that morality is something which ebbs and flows, not just ebbs and flows, but comes in cycles. Sometimes there are societies which are you know, much more conservative in a sense. Go back to the times of the Victorian. Victorian times where people, women were covered up. 
and they wouldn't walk around as women walk around today. Men would also cover up. No one man would show up and walk into any kind of important setting wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Everyone would be dressed very formally. That was just what was considered to be proper or moral. Today, it's not that way at all. Also, the way we speak. You know, there were proper ways of speaking. People wouldn't curse back in the Victorian times. They, cursing seems to be fine. Is it moral then? Is this immoral? And that was moral? Who knows? Again, these are things which change over time. Go back to Roman times, when things were entirely different even back then. Was that moral or immoral? Again, these are, it's very difficult to make these judgments because of our proximity to them. But at least to have the humility to say that we might not know for sure, and therefore to be able to have somewhat of respect for somebody else who has a different opinion than we do, that doesn't mean we have to accept that person's opinion. And if that person's opinion is actually damaging and hurts others, maybe we have to create some laws to protect other people from it. And I would say that maybe one has an imperative to create laws to protect other people from pain and suffering, which can come around about of people's opinions. But that would be an objective thing. Is suffering caused as a result? And if it is, we need to protect people from the suffering based on the opinions of others. But when the opinions and do not cause suffering necessarily, we should be able to respect others whose opinions differ from us. And we shouldn't try and foist our opinions on other people. This is wisdom. This is wisdom. And there seems to be a dearth of wisdom today. So I wanted to talk about this today, and I've gone on for a little bit longer than I usually do, but it's really important for us to take a step back. And when we see the vitriol, when we see the hatred, when we see the intolerance, the lack of respect that people have for each other, to recognize that that comes from a place. It comes from a fear. And the fear often is a result of how we are behaving towards that other person. If we can respect each other, truly respect each other, we won't feel threatened by each other. And if we won't feel threatened by each other, then we'll be able to respect each other better. So it's kind of this virtuous cycle. Respect breeds a lack of feeling threatened. And if you don't act in a threatening way and you don't, you don't make as if your opinion is the only opinion, then the other people are more likely to respect you. So let's take a step back. And let's have a little bit of humility, wisdom. Let's tone down the rhetoric a little bit, have some respect, have some humility, have some wisdom. We'll all be much, much better off. This is Levy Brackman with the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. Today, it's more wisdom for life than wisdom for business. But all these ideas will help you in your business as well. I just want to end with one thing. And that is that if you like this podcast, please like it on whichever platform that you're on. Put a review. I know there's one person who put a review on uh, Apple. Really grateful for that. If you like this podcast, review it, upvote it, whatever you do on, your, on the platform that you're listening to this on. And that way other people can also find this podcast. Also, feel free to provide any feedback to me personally. My email is Levi or Levi, L-E-V-I, Invone.com. And again, this is Levi Brackman with the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. 
Thank you so much for joining. And until next time.